It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute, and I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? Hello, welcome to Lazar Powers. This is Scott Powers here on this fine Monday afternoon. Mark Lazarus has returned. Mark. Welcome back. You know, uh, I don't know who the who the, the guy you had last week was way better than the normal guy you have. You should have Chris on more often because <laughs> the other guy, I hate that guy. He's obnoxious and condescending and too loud and talks too fast. How uh, how how was it to leave uh, your your I guess leave your house, leave your state, leave your region? <laughs> it, it it was exciting to be bored somewhere else. I got to say, it was a nice change of pace. We went to visit my parents in New Jersey. Uh, we drove obviously, and in New Jersey, man, I'm telling you, they're doing everything right. You go out. Everyone's wearing masks. Kids are wearing masks. Everyone respects everyone's space. When you're waiting in line at the ice cream shop, like the kids aren't running around. They're giving everyone space. And you look at their numbers and they're way down. They're doing a good job. And it's just a matter of the rest of the country figuring out what the the the, the, the states that were hit early, they learned. You know, they're doing it the right way. And I need Arizona and Florida to get their heads out of their asses and start paying attention to the rest of the country. I was thinking about this yesterday and I think we touched upon it before, but you know, Arizona, Florida, these places are all places that are going to have training camps for the next few weeks. And, you know, just reading reading the New York Times yesterday about Arizona and how how they're struggling to get enough tests, getting enough, uh, you know, just to, for, for people to get to hospitals and then to provide the tests. And they're having problems with FEMA. And if, if, the, if the counties are freely giving out 30, 40, 50 tests a day, you know, I, I, doesn't this, some of this look bad, too, that – that any little team is kind of freely doing this daily just that so people can play or just uh, and then you have other residents and obviously the community just they're struggling to get these same tests it does and i you know it, it, it's it's a bad look when professional athletes get preferential treatment over your average everyday citizen you're already seeing that with you know hockey players being deemed essential workers and baseball players being deemed you know now you got people in toronto that are like all these baseball teams that are practicing in florida right now we don't want them coming to toronto for baseball and it's going to be the same thing for hockey. I mean, I think an ideal situation would be to somehow to get every hockey player over the border now, keep them in yeah. Canada, have all the training camps in Canada where they're doing things better than we are, and quarantining them there, and then having. The, I'm glad that the hub cities are both in Canada. Vegas would have been a disaster. It's just it's it's they're doing too bad a job down there right now. Uh, everything looks bad right now. I, I saw Roger Sherman. I think he was of the Ringer. He uh, tweeted just a little a couple minutes ago about how every other country you know, made things normal so that sports can return. In America, we're bringing sports back so that we can pretend things are normal. And that's what it feels like right now. It's just, I'm still, you know, you see baseball, you got Sean Doolittle and a lot of these teams saying that the tests aren't coming back. You know, a lot of, you know, uh, the the St. Louis Blues had to cancel a couple of workouts. Jeremy Rutherford had that story because of positive tests. I just, every time, every day, something else leads me to think that this is all going to fall apart and that this is all unrealistic. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I continue to hope I'm wrong. But I'm just... I don't feel good about any of this right now. It's, I, I touched base with a, a source this weekend just to see if the Blackhawks had had any cases, and they said the Black, you know, that they hadn't had any over at Fifth Third yet, but that he expected he expected there to be cases, and that's that's sort of how it sure. is, you know. Like if if you're gonna have something in Chicago, you know, the numbers are down, but if you have them in these, these spots, you know, as we've seen in St. Louis and and certainly in Tampa and. There's there's an expectation at some point you're going to have someone in your staff or someone you know player someone's going to come down with it and the longer they 
they stay in these whole, you know, in their home cities, it's going to happen. So I, I don't know why they they didn't explore um, explore getting the players to the hub cities and having training camps there. I'm, I'm sure that would have been uh, logistically probably harder. But that I, I just feel like it's a it's a it's ticking now. Like it's like you have until what. The, they may leave what, like the 23rd or something like that. Like between now and then, like I just, I feel like there's going to be so many more cases that could potentially pop up. And, and if someone, you know, gets, gets the virus closer to the first game, like it's going to affect, um, it certainly is going to affect baseball now where people are opting out. But, you know, if people have players have cases uh, and they have viruses and, and, and aren't able to play in these games and, and you lose a star player to the virus. I mean, we're talking best of five series. It, it can, it can affect the team pretty quickly. Yeah, and if you look at those, uh, you know, the, the the protocols that leaked out yesterday about what they're voting on, and we're all assuming is going to pass. I mean, they're 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 certainly doing their due diligence. I mean, there's a lot of detail, a lot of moving parts, a lot of logistics, and they're doing everything really as well as you can uh, hope. But like you said, one player tests positive, you know, he's going to have to miss several games, and that's an entire series. And what if it's a Sidney Crosby or a Connor McDavid or a Patrick Kane or any one big star? And what if there's two or three guys? What if it's five or six guys from one team? And then all of a sudden, you could barely feel the team because you've only got 31 guys that are allowed to come into the bubble. There's so many things that could happen. I mean, we might see a series forfeited where a team cannot have enough players to play. I mean, it's almost an unthinkable thing, but it's it's it's. I'd say it's probably better than even money odds that it happens if they go through with this. Because if, it, if a case comes up, they're going to come up in bunches. You're not going to have one isolated guy. You can wear masks around the uh, locker room all you want, but these guys are playing hockey with each other, breathing and spitting all over each other. It's really hard to contain it to one yeah. guy. So th- there's so many bridges that have to be crossed uh, when we get to them. And I don't know. It, it could be great. It, would, it could be awful. It could be somewhere in between. But you know, it, it's something that we're all going to have to live with. Uh, in, in the sporting world uh, uh, that this is going to happen and, you know, guys are going to get sick. It's strange that, like, they they have, the players have yet to even vote on all this, but, like, it's, they were in such a rush to do this in some ways, but also not in others where, you know, this is something, I mean, it's already July and they're still putting together the CBA and the protocols, but you had players fly over from Europe, guys fly back from Russia or wherever, and they had a, like a lot of them had a quarantine for, for a couple of weeks. And then it's, it's in, you know, everyone's assuming that they're going to play, but it's, it was just such a backwards way of doing it where you had people fly over and now we're going to vote and we Probably will happen, but you know, like we may have to fly you back home in case it doesn't happen. You know, right? Well, I thought it was interesting. You know, I've talked to a few guys. You know, the Blackhawks have kind of taken the lid off a little bit these last couple of weeks. I talked to Connor Murphy and Kirby Doc and Drake Kajula, and Kirby Doc was really interesting. He's 19 years old, and you know, he's single guy. He doesn't have to worry about any of this. He was living at home with his family the past couple of months, working out in his home gym. Um, and everyone kind of assumes, like, oh, it's the older guys with families that have to worry about this. But Kirby Doc, he's a smart kid. He's like, look, we don't know what this thing can do to my body long term. You know, we are high-intensity athletes whose lungs and heart are pumping like crazy. And if this has any deleterious effect to us in the long term, that's a disaster for our careers. And, and everyone, every single player, not just families, not just uh, people with, uh, you know, immunocompromised systems, not just people that have to take care of elderly parents, even teenagers have to worry about this going forward because we don't know what it can do. And everything that we're doing right now as a league, as a sporting world, as a society puts so many people at risk. And, and the fact that those risks are just unknown, it's really disconcerting. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Let's talk about your logo story. Let's, let's talk okay. about your logo I was going to mention Seabrook possibly coming back. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, okay, we talk hockey a little more, sure. <laughs> uh, it, it, the source said that Seabrook is going to try to come back for training camp, and uh, I think it's going to complicate things more if he's able to play, right? Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, you've got your group, really. You know, uh, you, even that third pairing of Mata and Cuckoo was looking really good the last month or so of the season. Um, you know, and Calvin DeHaan's back. And so what do you do with Lucas Carlson? What do you do with some of these extra guys? If you got Seabrook, can you can you can Seabrook is ready to play? Is he going to be content being the seventh guy in in a postseason? I, it's hard for me to imagine that. Um, it, it's it, I think the ideal situation is he's close to coming back, but not quite ready because then he's ready for next season when it really when it you know when he has a full season ahead of him and he has a few more months of rehab and, and working and strengthening. But, uh, you know, you and I both said the second he went out, everyone's like, oh, this is host of part two, skin disease. He's never going to come back. We're like, no, he's coming yeah. back. There's no way Brent Seabrook was going out like this. And it's a testament to his, you know, determination and character that he's this close to coming back six months after having three major surgeries, both hips and his shoulder. That's that's impressive that he's been working that hard to get back this quick. It's The numbers are, are when, I was, when I was putting that story together, just... The, the fact that you have Keith and Boquist and Murphy and, not, and DeHaan's back and, and Slater, Cuckoo and Mata, and then, then you, you got Carlson who kind of emerges, you know, someone that's it's a possibility. And, and obviously they picked up Sealer and Gilbert played 20 games. And, and obviously you, see, you still have Ian Mitchell's situation too where uh, it's going to be, I think, an interesting offseason because at some point you need to, whoever you decide is going to, be your future. You need to start carving some paths for them, you know, because even now, like Carlson, I, I think probably deserves a look. And if, if Mitchell's coming aboard, then you would think that he gets a path. And, and it's more than maybe just buying out Mata if that's what you're going to do. And that's it's probably more likely now, considering where the cap ceiling is going to be at the next couple of years. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, it'll be interesting to see where Seabrook fits into that picture and even if he is healthy and able to play and, and how they align everyone else. Well, remember when, when Seabrook was scratched just before he decided to have the surgeries, Jeremy Colleton said, look, we're in a position now where we have to give the young guys time. He was talking about Dennis Gilbert and Adam Bergquist. Yeah. And Gilbert, you know, he kind of regressed pretty quickly after making a, a little bit of a stir in his first couple starts, and he's kind of down the depth chart a little bit. But the case same, the same case applies with Mitchell and Carlson and maybe even Bodan. I mean, these, these guys need to get looks, and they need to get extended looks. If this is your future... You need to be able to do that. And that means that Brent Seabrook might become a rotational guy. And he's going to have to learn to accept that. And, and, and contract be damned. You can't factor in his contract to his playing time. It has to be merit-based. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe he comes back and he's rejuvenated. He's geek regains that half a step that he's lost because he's got two bionic hips now. You have to allow for all possibilities here. But the priority has to be getting the kids significant playing time. That's where you're futurizing. You have to escalate and expedite their uh, development. Because you still have this little bit of a window with you know, Keith Kane and Taves having three years left on their deals. Support for Laz and Powers is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and have their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Yes, Mom, that's why you paid all that money for me to go to Northwestern, so that I could say ball hair on the air. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents. And Lord knows you don't want any manscaping accidents. And now when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Good Lord, who needs 90 minutes for this? But you can take a longer shave if you need to. And it allows you to groom in the shower because it's water resistant. Now get 20% off and free shipping with the code VATHLETIC, all one word, at manscaped.com. 
That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Nobody likes chafing, right? So go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. My journalism career has peaked. It's all downhill from here. Um, so moving on to the the logo story, uh, you know, with Chris on last week, we didn't really touch upon it. We talked a little bit of everything else. Um, I guess to just give you some background on, and, and you know this, but there's I, I, something I started working on, and I think it was October of last year, where I noticed, um, whatever I went down, just it was probably when I was, I was procrastinating about something else and just went down a rabbit hole of uh, looking at, uh, at the logo and the Blackhawks relationship with the Native American community, and and I and I kind of stumbled upon how the Blackhawks no longer had ties with the American Indian Center of Chicago, and um, and dating back to you know all the stories I could find over the last five six years of have mentioned the Blackhawks relationship with the with the AIC and and how um, you know that that's one of the reasons why. Um, not why the Blackhawks were able to do it, but it, I think it, it, sh- it shielded them from a lot of criticism and um, protected them from, uh, yeah, just, you know, people saying, why is this right? Or, you know, why are you doing this? And um, it was, uh, and then, and then I, I, you know, I went to all the Blackhawks events around Native American Heritage Month in November and, and kind of saw what they were doing for education and, and started talking to people at the Heritage Center and at Trickster uh, cultural center, which the Blackhawks do have a relationship with, and, it, and it's evolved, and it's something I put down and, and picked up again, and, um, and and then finally the story came out uh, a few weeks ago, and um, it, it's certainly relatable to everything that's going on now, and that was, you know, obviously it wasn't the uh, the point of the story, but it, it's it's it certainly relates to what happens with the Redskins and now certainly the Cleveland Indians and. Um, and, and I, and I was certainly trying to be objective with the story and, and try to paint how there, it is a complicated issue and how there are, uh, you know, even within the Native American community, it's, it's pretty divided on it. Yeah. The, the, the story was fantastic. You did a great job. You could not be more fair than you were with that. It was really nuanced. It was complicated. It was thorough. Uh, you brought a lot of voices into it. Now everybody just saw the headline and freaked out, of course. <laughs> Because that's Twitter for you. So, you know, Twitter has been an absolute shit show in the wake of that story. But I don't see how anybody who read the story couldn't come away at best ambivalent about the logo. And, and look, you know, the, the, the Washington freaking Redskins are going to change their name. The Cleveland Indians are going to change their name. That's that's in the works now. That's going to leave what? The, the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chicago Blackhawks as the only teams left with Native American mascots. Time to retire the logo. You can make an argument that you can keep the name. I know everyone always talks about, it's named after a military group. Yeah, but your logo is a freaking caricature of an Indian with a severely sloping forehead, which, you know, go do research on that someday about the kind of uh, negative stereotypes that those kind of drawings elicit. The fact of the matter is the logo is really problematic. You can be the Blackhawks if you're named after, I don't know, helicopters or something. You could be the Blackhawks, two words like they used to be, and be a bird. Your mascot, Tommy Hawk, is an actual bird. And Tommy Hawk, let's face it, not a great name either. But there there are ways forward here. I don't know when it's going to happen. And, 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 and to be fair, as you pointed out repeatedly in the story, the Blackhawks do a really good job of being respectful to and, and, and open with the Native American community for the most part. There's, a, you know, very frequently there's a Native American uh, representative uh, during the National Anthem next to the World War II veteran. Um, they reach out, they have Heritage Month, they do a lot of good things. The Blackhawks, it's not Chief Wahoo, and it's not a team named the Redskins. The team's name is not a slur. It's not as bad 
as some of these other logos are. They're not called the savages or warriors, all these things that, you know, that cartoonize uh, Native American culture. But the fact is, it's a bunch of white guys skating around with a Native American on their chest as a, a cartoon. And it's not okay. And at some point, it's going to change. I don't know if it's going to change imminently. They don't seem to be on the, the chopping block the way that Washington and Cleveland are. And again, that's to the Hawks' credit. They've done a pretty good job of, of, of staying respectful for it. But the fact of the matter is all these things are going to change. There's, in 10 years, there's not going to be any Native American logos. My, my daughter's school has a Native American. My elementary school has a Native American logo. And there's already talk of changing it. It's like a little girl warrior. And they're already talk, there's already a petition to change it. And they're, they're already talking about it. It's happening at an elementary school level. It's going to happen everywhere. And it's, it's long overdue. Uh, you can keep the name Blackhawks, but you're going to have to be a bird. And everyone's going to have to get over it and accept that because, you know, society moves on and it's time to leave these Native American imagery, you know, mascots in the past. What was interesting, Kevin Kaduk, who does the Midway Minute today, had a, uh, in his newsletter mentioned that the Blackhawks will, you know, the Redskins and Indians uh, do change the logo. The Blackhawks will actually be the only one with the Native American um, logo in the fact that I, the Chiefs have an arrowhead and then the Braves have an A um, I mean, there, there's other issues within both those teams, but when you're talking about an actual logo, it, it's the Blackhawks. And then uh, I, I do think the Blackhawks have the easiest way out of this, considering um, there, there's even been colleges. You know, there was you know as I was doing research, and I didn't put everything in the story, but there was a, a Blackhawk college in um, in Iowa, I think it was that just um, uh, I don't know, maybe it wasn't it wasn't Blackhawk College. It was another college, but the nickname was Blackhawks, and all they did was they they changed it to a bird, and they. Um, so it was, you know, it went from, uh, you kept this, they kept the same name, Blackhawks, and you can do that one or two words. Like I said, it really doesn't matter. I mean, as long as the logo is different, I don't think anyone's going to care a whole lot. So I think, um, and I know, and it's, it's, I, I've tried to read some of the Twitter responses and, and some of them are, are, you know, some people think I'm out and other are angry to be angry, but the people who say that they're going to stop being fans of the Blackhawks over the logo, it's, just, it's ridiculous, you know? Like, you, oh, fuck those Either you're fans or like, you're not. Yeah, and it's, come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's some of it just... I, I don't... Everyone will be upset for a minute, or, or a portion of people will be upset for a minute, and, and things will move on. Nothing else about the organization is going to change. You know, who's wearing in those sweaters and uh, who's playing is not going to change. So I... Yeah, I... I I think people are upset to be upset, and there are a lot of people who are voicing their anger on Twitter who really don't care either. It's just more if they think that something of theirs is being taken away. Look, we all love sports, and sports means a lot to all of us. You and I went into a career just that completely revolves around sports. But we're talking about a corporate brand's logo. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, uh, Wrigley Chewing Gum. We're talking about Coca-Cola here. That's what this is. This isn't some, you know, civic monument to Chicago. It's a corporate brand logo. And corporate brand logos change. And they evolve. And we got rid of Aunt Jemima, thank God. And we're moving on through some of these really old ones. And the Blackhawks aren't to that level, but they're next. It's all happening. And it's, it, it's, 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 it's a part of a larger movement that is for a good reason happening right now. Uh, it's time to move on from these relics of a more racist past and try to, you know, uh, separate ourselves from that past. You, know, you can still have, you know, Blackhawks, you know, history 
And you can still acknowledge that with, you know, you, you, the fans will still have their jerseys. And, you know, I'm sure that in the Hall of Fame, there'll, there'll still be things there. But you move on and you evolve. Every team changes its logo. It's a corporate brand yeah. logo. And people are losing their shit over a corporate brand And, logo. and it's one it's that, just, that they didn't even... You have to let it's, go. It's one that's far removed from their... You know, like, it's not even the Words family that came up with the logo or, or any of this. They're, you know... Part, right. part of really interesting part for me of the story was, was researching Frederick McLaughlin and... Uh, how and why and and you know even you know the fact that you know and and this is something you'll see a lot of people defend the logo about is is how it dates back to uh, McLaughlin's infantry unit in World War One and then I came across it that, that they had a logo for the infantry unit and it was the actual hawk that was black you know like that was it, it was <laughs> like th- there could have been a choice there and then um, you know the fact that the the logo appears to be what uh, to be taken or at least some of it was just copied a little bit or just it was created based on a logo that was at his uh, polo club um so it wasn't even an actual picture of you know the the sock indian blackhawk and um and then also finding out that 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 the sock indian blackhawk was never an actual chief was interesting too and it was (laughs) i i read i read his autobiography and i read another book about the uh the war of blackhawk and um, yeah, it was part of, it was really, you know, I, I probably, a lot of the stuff that I did probably didn't end up in the story, but it was really interesting because I felt like I needed to, if I'm going to have a conversation with some, you know, some of these people, I felt like I needed to be educated on, on the subject. And, right. Um, and then you know, the, again, it just, the fact, I, I think that I, I don't know a whole lot about Danny words. I, I've tried to learn more about him and since he's became interim president and I, I get the sense that he cares about race. I get the sense of that, um, they care about people. I think Rocky does too. I think the fact that, you know, the fact that they, they started a conversation with the American Indian Center and, and showed they started to care about what the Native American community thought of them. It was a change from, from right. his father where, you know, talking to people about when when Bill Wirtz was in charge that they, uh, they couldn't get this conversation. Like, they just ignored them. So the fact that the Blackhawks have tried says something. So I, I think unlike Dan Snyder, I think the Blackhawks do care what people think and um, I'm sure that part of this conversation is about the bottom line and how much how much does it mean in us changing the logo and how how many you know fewer jerseys might we sell and all those things come into play um, and, and eventually you know if companies pull away it, it has a, probably a lot more uh, strength to it but I, I do think the Blackhawks care and I, and I do think uh, I would assume that there's conversations being had behind closed doors uh, what's 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 best for us long term what's I, I don't right. think they want this conversation to go um, the other way because I, I think you can see how negatively it can impact the Redskins. And, and the Redskins, Indians change. Eventually, the conversation is going to revolve a lot more around the Blackhawks. I agree. I, I expect they'll do the right thing. I think they want to do the right thing. Um, it, uh, it, it's And, man, once you make a new logo, think of how many jerseys you're going to sell. I don't think it'll, they won't take a financial hit for retiring this uh, logo. No. And that's how you – that's how you – you know – that's how you you frame it. We're retiring this logo. You know, this is an important part of our past, the last you know almost hundred years, and you know, think of the history that it has. But you know, it's time to retire that logo and become more forward thinking, become more inclusive. You can frame it in a positive way without completely ignoring your history. You can still be respectful. You can still have ties to the Native American community and support them the way that they should uh, going forward. Even if your logo is a bird of some sort or whatever it's going to wind up being, there's ways to do this where 
it's it's the right thing to do. And I think the Blackhawks, you know, we know a lot of people in that organization, and there's good people that run that organization, and they're going to make the right decision here in the long run. And you know, whether whether their hand is forced or they force the issue themselves and get ahead of it, that remains to be seen. But it's going to happen in ten years. There will be no more Native American logos in college or major pro sports, or even at my daughter's elementary school. It's time to yeah. move on. And that was part of the, as I was writing the story, and I think we talked about it, it was, I felt like there was a voice missing, you know? Like, I, I wanted to have that conversation with, with Danny Wirtz or Rocky or whomever, and, um, you know, and the Blackhawks gave a statement, which which they didn't have to do either, but they at least wanted to provide that. So, um, at, at some point, I, I hope there is a conversation about this and race, and, um, you know, obviously they put out their own statement around, you know, George Floyd's, um, you know, killing and, and, and how, um, you know, around the, the, the protests and, and, and all the, all, everything that just kind of had occurred around that time. So I, I hope, I hope at some point we have uh, a conversation about this with the Hawks and have a larger conversation because um, even now we haven't had a chance to talk to Jonathan Taves and obviously he has opinions and thoughts and um, it's, uh, I don't think this is going away. You know, I, I feel like this is here to stay and, um, and, it just, um, yeah, just, it's, it's, I feel like race gets, um, and this is obviously one branch of that in the logo stuff, but I feel like, you know, race so much in hockey gets, um, just not talked about much just cause there, there isn't a whole lot of it. And it seems to only kind of pop up when, when an incident happens or, or something like that. So I, I, I hope that we can kind of continue having this conversation and, and hopefully at some point we can include some of the Blackhawks in it too. Yeah. And I know that, you know, to, there's a certain segment of readers that are getting fatigued on this discussion uh, on race in general and the logo specifically, but this is, you know, sports mirrors society. And these are the, these, this is the reckoning that our society is having from Confederate monuments and Confederate named military bases to the slave owning of, uh, of our founding fathers. People are shitting on Hamilton now uh, because they're realizing that you know, Hamilton married into a slave owning family. I mean, this is, this is where the society is right now. And sports is a reflection of society. So we're going to be having these conversations for a long time. And it's, it's, it's overdue. And it's going to make the sport and society better in the long run. So uh, it, we're going to keep having it. And eventually, hopefully, hopefully, hockey comes back, and we, we will have other things that write. And and we've seen that with next week, a week from yeah. today, what we will be at Fifth Third Arena watching hockey players practice. Crazy, uh, 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 hopefully, which is yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. Um, the NHL did a story. Our, our NHL site for the Athletic did a story this week on uh, we ranked the uh, all the arenas, and Mark and I had a part of uh, describing the arena so that comes out this week and uh, we have a few other minor things kind of uh, planned here for the future and hopefully you know once uh, once the training camp uh, if it does arrive then I'm sure we'll have a lot more content around that and and, and then kind of leading up to that Oilers series hopefully yeah and then uh, we'll see if the Blackhawks get the number one pick or if they're in the playoffs proper either way uh, if, if this all happens the way the NHL hopes it happens then uh, August is going to be awful yeah. fun sure. for the first time that I can remember um I guess I was going to say I'd see you, but I don't think we're going to be at the Fifth Third Arena at the same time. So I think the rules are going to be one uh, person per outlet at a time. So, yeah, I think we'll be right, rotating. Right. Well, uh, I will <laughs> talk to you again on the podcast next week. All right, man. Till next time. Right, take care. I can help even just a little bit.